Good afternoon, this is Father Toby, live in Cambridge with your word for today. Apologies that I'm a little later than um, advertised. Uh, today in the Dominican order, we keep the uh, the feast day of uh, all souls of the Dominican order, um, a time when on the uh, on the feast of all souls last week we pray for for all the the holy souls in purgatory and today for us dominicans we we pray especially for our own recognizing that so many of us perhaps most of us sort of fail to attain the the fullness of of sanctity in this life and and require some sort of further purification um uh, after the hour of our death and uh, and and it's natural that we pray uh, most for our our family uh, members. We pray for everyone, but with a particular intensity for those we we know best. And so I want to begin uh, with today's first reading, which is taken from the uh, letter of Saint Paul to Titus. It is for you to preach the behaviour which goes with healthy doctrine. The older men should be reserved, dignified, moderate, sound in faith and love and constancy. Similarly, the older women should behave as though they were religious, with no scandal-mongering and no habitual wine-drinking. They are to be the teachers of the right behaviour and show the younger women how they should love their husbands and love their children, how they are to be sensible and chaste, and how to work in their homes and be gentle and do as their husband tells them, so that the message of God is never disgraced. In the same way, you have got to persuade the younger men to be moderate, and in everything you do, make yourself an example to them of working for good. When you are teaching, be an example to them in your sincerity and earnestness, and in keeping all that you say so wholesome that nobody can make objections to it and then any opponent will be at a loss, with no accusation to make against us. You see, God's grace has been revealed, and it has made salvation possible for the whole human race, and taught us what we have to do is give up everything that does not lead to God, and all our worldly ambitions. We must be self-restrained and live good and religious lives here in this present world while we are waiting in hope, for the blessing which will come with the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour Christ Jesus. He sacrificed himself for us in order to set us free from all wickedness and to purify a people so that it could be his very own and would have no ambition except to do good. I recently started reading a book by an English seminarian, Tom Heine, who, by the sounds of it, has had a fascinating life and is both a fascinated and fascinating man. I think the thing, the two go together. The person who is fascinated by things other than himself tends to be fascinating to others. Nothing is so boring as self-absorption. So let me tell you a little bit about myself. Only joking. The book is called The Song of Ascents, Lives of Rage and Stillness. And from what I can gather, I'm still only on the first chapter and I've left at a gripping point, um, more on which in a moment. But it's a collection of stories of faith from across the globe and history, 
all of which have inspired, prodded, prompted the author on his journey from atheist to Anglican to Catholic and finally seminarian. In the opening pages, he writes, the truth is bigger than we are, and if it comes for us, our whole lives might break open. It falls from heaven, it can fall at four in the morning when you are cold with insomnia, and it can refuse to fall when advertised. It has a life of its own. God calls whether we are ready or not. But it's also the case that death calls whether we are ready or not. That sombre thought is on our mind in the month of November, as we remember all the holy souls. In Advent and Lent, perhaps we focus more on our own death. But in November, our focus on death is supposed to take us outside of ourselves to prayer for another. Yet, it's almost impossible to stand in a graveyard, pray at a graveside, and not think, when might my time come? And where might I be laid to rest? To think, who will remember me when I'm gone? Who will come to pray for me? Now, in the gripping chapter of the book that I've just left, unsure of the conclusion, that's how much I love you, dear listener, that even though I'm desperate to know what's going to happen, yet still I am, here I am. But I'll, I'll let you know when I know what happens. But Heine has gone searching for a grave in a cemetery in Hull of a certain Captain John Gravel, captain of a whaling expedition that went badly wrong as they got trapped by the winter ices with no more coal, short supplies of food, and the men diminished by fatigue, the cold, and scurvy. The account of the expedition is largely being given us through the journal of the ship's surgeon, Charles Smith, who had taken a break from his medical studies against the wishes of his family to join the expedition. And currently they are stuck in the drift ice, slowly heading towards the open oceans and freedom, but insufficiently fast to make it there whilst they still have food supplies and before the cold becomes too severe to simply live. Their days now are punctuated by the necessities of living and staying afloat and by prayer. Though perhaps I shouldn't divide those two. Prayer is very much a necessity, and not just when you're stuck in the ice. Although perhaps the realisation of the necessity of prayer only becomes clear when things seem truly desperate. But in a certain sense, our lives, though we do not realise, are like those of the whalers. Every day, we're a day closer to our destination, and every day, we're a day closer to our death. You don't have to like that for it to be true, and you don't have to think about it for it to remain true. Now, the sailors are currently praying for a miracle and for a good death. We might do the same. But though we head inexorably towards death, our situation is not quite the same as the whalers. We are not at the whims of the tides and the wind at the whims of the tides and the winds for the direction of our life, and we need not drift. Another image of desperate sailors came to me as I was thinking and praying on today's readings. It was of the sirens those creatures who sing so beautifully to Odysseus and his sailors, but seek to lure them to certain death on the rocks. 
thought of them because of the idea of obedience in our first reading of listening to another um, and obeying that voice. And obedience is a word that comes with largely negative connotations in our society. It's largely contrasted with freedom. But I don't think it should be, and in the Christian life it cannot be. Mary, who we exalt above all the saints, says, Let it be done to me according to thy word. And at the root of obedience, um, what the the word actually um, means is a is an idea of listening um the uh the word when we when we break it down comes from the the latin obideri meaning to hear or listen to and the reality is in our lives we will follow one voice or we will follow another or we will follow a multitude of voices and so the question is who will we listen to? Who will we trust? Who will give our lives direction? We cannot choose not to listen to anyone for that's to worship the self and that's never going to end well. But somebody or some forces will give our lives their direction and so it becomes so important who we choose to listen to, who we place our trust in. And St. Paul speaks about a showing a, a, a restraint, showing a, a care in what we listen to, to make sure that what we hear is wholesome and nourishing. And hopefully Radio Maria plays a part in being uh, an echo of the, the voice of the, of the Lord in, 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 in the preaching and the talks that we give and the direct voice of the Lord in the, the words of Scripture, the prayers that you hear and the Mass. And so, as I said, it's not a question of whether we listen, but who will we listen to? Whose voice will give our lives direction? I remember often as we, um, when we pray the, the Psalms each morning, the invitatory, we say, Oh, that today you would listen to his voice, harden not your hearts as at Meribah, as that day in the wilderness. Listen to the voice of the Lord. Listen to the one who created you in love, who calls you into his love, who calls you through death into eternal life. And so now I just want to uh, to play you out to uh, one piece of music, which I'm now just struggling to, to, to find. Um, apologies. Maybe we will uh, listen to A Mighty Fortress is Our God by uh, Placido Domingo and the uh, Vienna Boys Choir, um, thinking of the, the safe harbour of uh, life in the Lord that we are called into. Never failing, our help a 
and far away from 